Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wolfpack Ninja Podcast, Episode 24. Evan Dollard. Less shirt, more power. Welcome to the Wolfpack Ninja Podcast. I'm Megan Martin. And I'm Ian Dory. I'm Brian Arnold. And I'm Noah Kaufman, the Ninja Doc. Thanks for joining our weekly conversation about health, fitness, and all things Ninja Warrior. We will be interviewing all of the top American Ninja Warrior stars, and we encourage you to visit our website, www.wolfpackninjas.com. And kids, you can get your free Wolfpack Ninja Cub certificate there. If you like our podcast, please share, subscribe, and like on iTunes. Also, give us a follow on our social media. We're always posting new content, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Wolfpack Ninja and on Instagram at Wolfpack Ninja Warrior. Together, we can make the world a healthier and happier place. So join us. Welcome back for another episode of Wolfpack Ninja Podcast. And I myself am very excited about this episode because a good friend of mine, he's a nice guy, Evan Dollard. Yeah, Evan is superior. He's a superior character. He's a funny guy. You know, he's a really creative guy. And he's one of those ninjas that you don't know if he's all the time, if he's being serious or if he's not. But he's a really funny guy. He's a character. Yeah, the way he carries himself, just very confident. I can't wait to hear more about him and just, uh, yeah, his background and history. Yeah, he's definitely really nice, really funny, always smiling, just definitely a good aura about him. Did you guys see his uh, submission video this year? No, I haven't seen it. What was it last year's? I don't know, it was funny. He's always funny. I I forget specifically. He was in there basically interviewing himself. He's always playing off how good-looking he is, and he's always making fun of himself. And I think that's a really good quality to have, for you to be able to look yourself and make fun of yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I remember what you're talking about. Yeah, and that's that's why I find his humor funny. I think that anybody who can sit back and kind of laugh about, you know, themselves and their situation, their circumstances, that's a pretty healthy way to go about things. You're not not to take yourself too seriously, to be too egocentric in this life. I, I think it's a good way. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing from him, too. He's a really neat guy. And for those of you guys that don't know, Evan actually won um, American Gladiator one year. Did you guys know that? Really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, he, I knew he, he was on it. I didn't know he won. That's yeah, cool. he, he won the show, and then the next season they brought him back as one of the American Gladiators. Wow. That's so cool. That's where he gets his name, The Rocket, I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, there's some clips, if we can include in the show notes, that'd be awesome, there, of him going up against other contestants. And he posted one the other day on Instagram. It's funny. If you know Evan, it's hilarious. I love watching it. And my first year on the show, I remember seeing Evan, and I was like, dang, who is this? Like, he looks like a Greek god. He's like got ripped abs. <laughs> And he was all bronze out, and he was over there throwing a football. And I was like, this guy can't be athletic. Look at him. He's, he's just some kind of model. But, man, <laughs> he's a really great athlete. Well, let's get to that interview before Brian gets too much of a man crush. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, we welcome Evan Dollard to the show. And first, a word from our sponsors. Thanks for supporting our sponsors. They help make the show possible. All right, guys, I'm super excited today. We've got Evan Dollard. He's 33 years old from Los Angeles. This guy was one of the American Gladiators. He won the show and he was invited back. He was on American Gladiators in 2008. He is the Rocket. And that's why he's known now as the Rocket on American Ninja Warrior. He's a five-time Ninja Warrior. He's one of the vets. He's one of the really great ninjas. He's the host of Well-Trained Warrior. He's a commentator on Battle Frog, which is college championship. I mean, these great shows. And he's now co-host of NBC's new hit Spartan show. So we've got ourselves a really cool guy here today. Evan, thanks so much for being here. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Man, I am psyched to have you here because I got a ton of questions for you. And the first thing is, is look, dude, there's no question about it. You are one of the sexiest guys up there. <laughs> is that a question or is that just part of the intro still? I can't, I can't tell. So the question is, how do you do it, man? How are you so sexy? That is, wow. I got to be this is a first. I've never been asked, how do I keep it so sexy? You know, usually it's a little bit more specific, like, you know, how do you keep your body fat percentage down or, you know, whatever it is. I don't, t- truth be told, I don't consider myself much, much of a sex symbol as much as I just... I like looking good, you know? Yeah. Because to me, I'm going to dive into – I'm going to divert. I'm going to divert away from this question go, for a go, second. Go, go. Run, run with it. But let me say that I think – it's funny, but it's totally true. And I think part of it is is you don't take yourself that seriously and you don't think of yourself as like the sex symbol. And that's part of what I think actually makes you an attractive guy to a lot of people. You know, my biggest fear in any interview that I do for the show, because you've done it for several seasons now, and you know that you you film countless, what feels like hours of interview footage, right? knowing that they can, in post, the editors can do whatever they want and cut together sound bites to make you sound like however they want you to sound. It's true. And my biggest fear is always that people aren't going to get this sense of humor that I have about myself and then the thing that they'll that I'm taking myself way too seriously and that I actually believe that if you remove a shirt like you'll actually power up as a human being <laughs> or that I really do like try I'm really trying to start this yummy quote unquote revolution I'm like you guys someone texted or like tweeted yummy at me and I'm running with it and I think it's goofy and funny because ultimately I want people to have a sense of humor about themselves and the show and and I want to make people laugh and I I create this kind of tongue-in-cheek character of Rocket, quote-unquote, because I think it's hilarious. And the show itself is so much fun, and I love being a part of it. And I, Again, my biggest fear is that people will think I'm just a giant tool. <laughs> Every now, interview that I do, I'm trying to be mindful of that. Yeah, now look, dude, you are preaching to the choir because you're talking to a guy who ran a season in a gold lame suit. Right, right. You understand. Yeah, I get it. You get it. I, I think I think we're cut from the same stone. So <laughs> so no, I, I hear, you know, taking a step back and, and seeing how funny it is and just showing other people, look, be confident in who you are, play with it, have fun. Don't worry too much about what other people think. And do you think that's, you know, part of the the lesson you're trying to throw out there? I'm an entertainer as, at the end of the day. And I'll give you a little bit more backstory on me. Yeah. So I was an athlete in high school, but I was never a varsity athlete. I did a little bit of soccer, a little bit of track and field, some basketball, but I was always a B team player. I rode the bench. 
I was a little bit good at everything, but not great at one thing, yeah. which ultimately paid off once Gladiators hit and American Ninja Warrior because you have to be versatile in your movement and your athleticism. But I transitioned away from sports midway through high school and got into acting and studied acting in college. And so I always love the idea of having a platform to tell a story, whether that's you know something scripted on stage or whether it's film or television, or in the case of American Ninja Warrior and American Gladiators, telling a version of my real life story for people to see and hopefully be inspired by. Because I, I like the idea of contributing to the stories that are influencing culture in a massive way. And so I, that's how I see American Ninja Warrior, because it's a story, it's a quote unquote reality story. Yeah. You know, they're not, this thing isn't scripted once we get on to the course, right? You either you, you you fail or you succeed. But everything about your backstory is is contributing to the way that Americans view you and the inspirational component of the whole show and the parallel between the obstacles that you face in real life versus the ones you face on the course. And we're at the end of the day, we're we're sharing a part of our lives and a part of our story to impact those that are watching. And that's to me the magic of the show. It really is. And that's why I enjoy being a part of it. Why did you go into acting? What what is it about acting that that appealed to you? Oh, the simple answer, I think, is I'm just the way that I'm wired. I like. No, I'm not going to say it that way. I was about to say I like being the center of attention, which is true. It, no, it's true for me too. I hear you, but it's a tough thing to say. It's a tough thing to say because people think, "Oh God, he's a narcissist." I'm like, that's not that's not true. Like we're all we all have these things that I think that we're given that we can. You know, whatever it is, whether it's genetic, whether it's environmental, you know, we're raised in a certain way and we're wired a certain way. And we chase after things differently depending on how we're we're made up. Like I'm not going to be a pediatrician ever. I don't like studying. I don't like reading. I'm not very good at test taking. Yeah. You know, but we need pediatricians out there to care for our kids. Right. Absolutely. Similarly, I think what can so I have this skill set. I have these these passions, these ideas, these stories that I want to tell, how do I make myself a better writer, uh, a better actor, a better host, whatever it takes to allow my, my personality and my passion to shine through in the stories that I want to tell that can add value to the people around me. And hopefully, if I can get on a, a massive platform like an NBC or you know, if I could get a theatrical release on a film or something like that, now you're talking about national and potentially global influence. And I want to use that, again, in a way that hopefully adds value to people's lives. It's just a passion that I've had, and I see the value in it, and I want to contribute that value to the people around me. Well, I think that you do have an, an incredible message and an incredibly positive, healthy message to bring to society and culture at large, I mean globally. There's a lot of kids out there for good reason who want to be the rocket, and you have a chance because of your skills, your natural good looks and your ability. <laughs> I mean, you have a chance to really have the impact that you want to have. And I, I think that there's something noble about that, you know, and wanting to be in the middle of it and wanting to be looked at as a source of inspiration. I think that's a beautiful thing because you are a source for inspiration. The place that I get hung up is, Life is messy, right? And sure. I don't know. Did, did you watch the original American Gladiators when I was on it? I did, but I, I don't re remember it. You know, it was so long yeah. ago. 
It was. It was. It really was. But this the storyline. One of the reasons I got on the show, you know, and this is this is just true for any reality television, especially when it comes to something athletic like this. Yeah. Like Gladiators, like Ninja Warrior. People a lot of times will come to me and they said, hey, I'm, a, I'm putting in my submission tape for the show. Like, I really want to do it. Do you have any advice? And I say, you need to have the athleticism, yes, but you need a huge personality and you need a story to tell. And you need to tell that story in the first 15 seconds of your video so that whoever is handling casting can pitch the producers or executive producers and say, this is the angle on this person. Right. Like, this is so-and-so from rural Kansas, whatever, and they're a goat farmer. Yeah. Like, that's. And she's hilarious and attractive and whatever it is, you know, like you need to put it all out there in the first 15 seconds because that's all that they're going to do is they're going to pitch you to the EPs and those people will hopefully take a chance on you based on your story and your relatability to middle America. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I digress a little bit. No, no, no. It, like, it, it makes perfect sense. My story for American Gladiators was that it was that my mom had died of brain cancer back in 2002. So it had been maybe five, six years later when I'm auditioning for this show. And there had been a lot of healing. And I'm like, you know what, if I win this show, I'm going to write a play about my mom and honor her legacy through this storytelling. And that's what I was saying in my audition. And when they brought me on the show, the story producers kept saying, anytime that Hulk Hogan interviews you or Layla or whatever, just if you could bring it back to your mom and how you're doing this for her, that'd be great. Which I didn't have a problem doing because I loved her and I wanted to honor her life and her love for me and my brother, my sister, my dad, like she was a phenomenal human being. And I didn't mind getting up there and expressing that story on camera and to whoever was watching, which is interesting now because now I'm on <laughs> this season and even on Team Ninja Warrior coming up on Tuesday. My story is only less shirt, more power now. Right. It's like we've gone from, oh, this guy is is committing to this this huge undertaking, whether it's gladiators or American Ninja Warrior in honor of his late mother to take off your shirt and be yummy. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's but at the, at, ridiculous. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, you don't want to beat a dead horse. Wait. Right, of course. Yeah. That sounded so wrong. I'm so sorry. Evan. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. I, I, first of all, I, I'm not worried about that expression at all. Two, you're correct. The story needs to evolve. Yeah. It's, and it. That's just real life. Like stories do evolve. But the thing that I've been keeping in the background, and this is where I say life is messy, is that I've been I've been working so hard behind the scenes to get into hosting, to brand myself on social media, and then to write. I wrote three screenplays in 2015. Then we're trying to take one of them that my friends really rallied around that know people in this town, and we're trying to pitch it to actual smaller production companies to get it made in 2016 this year. Awesome. And that's that's one of those behind the scene things where like on if you want you follow me on Instagram you think all this guy does is take his shirt off and train at the beach. And to a certain extent, I mean I do do that on weekends. I collect some content and I post it throughout the week on Instagram because there's this huge value in the discipline that comes from having an active lifestyle, the confidence that comes from that. I can't say enough great things about having you know, an active lifestyle as it contributes to the rest of, of what you're trying to accomplish. But to me, it's one, it's a variable. It's not the whole thing. I don't care enough about fitness where I'm, this is my life. Cause it's not, I see it as an asset to me that right. contributes to my career and it elevates my confidence and it makes me feel healthy just walking around day to day to let me tackle the things that I really think are going to make a difference, which at the moment is writing, hosting and acting. Tell me a little bit more about 
your mother and she how old were you when she passed i was 20 years old and that and must have been horrible it was it was tough it was tough i've been thinking about it uh a lot actually this last uh this last week because it's it was cancer is just one of those things it's just it's rampant and um i spent some time working for a, a nutrition company that believed that cancer and a lot of diseases at least certain aspects of it are you know potentially metabolic in nature you know like where they're you would know probably know more about that than I, I think would. they're definitely metabolic yeah um, i mean so, no I, I think that's not an incorrect statement so you were working for a nutrition company that- I was working for a nutrition company and there was doing they were kind of initially looking out for some of these things and or rather aligning with people that were doing the research Mm-hmm. Rather than taking it on themselves and like just kind of exploring it, which I found fascinating, but I have been thinking about it a lot because it was it was one of those things where my mom it was I was in fifth grade when she had breast cancer and she had a mastectomy and she went through chemotherapy and radiation for like a year year and a half and then she was in remission for five years and then it came back spots on the side of her body and spots in her brain and that's when she had to start going through radiation in addition to chemotherapy. And that went on for three and a half, four years before there was a tumor that was growing in the back of her head and they had to go in and remove it. So now you have what was essentially a brain surgery take place. And after that, I simplify and say like when someone goes in and like messes around with the back of your head, like with your brain, like things kind of change. And I don't know if it was the tumor. I don't know if it was the operation. I don't know what it was. Right. But something about my mom's cognitive abilities shifted. You know, and she was a little bit, her personality was a little bit off when she came out of surgery and it never fully recovered to the point where it felt like we were talking to a younger version of, of my mom. Interesting. Yeah. And it, it was tough. It was very, very tough, but it became part of a, my life. It was just nearly a decade of treatments and remission and surgeries and chemotherapy options and all this stuff. And I never really considered like, oh, th- this, she might not make it. I always thought she was going to make it. So when tw- when I hit 20 and now there's this severe decline and I see her, you know, I'm in, I'm in college at the time, second semester, my sophomore year, I go home for Easter and you can see there's been a clear depreciation of health. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is, yeah, she's not going to make it. And it was tough. It was very, very tough. One of the, one of the, if not the hardest thing I've ever gone through in my life. Wow, that that's amazing. Nobody should have to go through that. Do you think that helped to shape who you are today? Inevitably, whether it helped or not, it severely shaped who I am today. Right, of course. You know, it's one of those things where I I, I can see how it shaped me as a human being, where it, it forced me to consider some things that I wouldn't have otherwise. And it prepares me or prepared me for conversations and scenarios in the future where I could actually help people that end up going through the same thing. So 15 months after my mom died, my her sister, my aunt Cheryl, also died of cancer. And we're like, holy crap, like what's happening right now? Yeah. So now we've lost two matriarchs in a matter of less, you know, less than a year and a half. But when my, you know, she had a son and my cousin and we, you know, helping, hopefully helping him through that. And then it seemed like for a while there, everybody was losing someone, you know, a coworker at, at a health club that I was going to at the time, like her brother died and then another co-worker's brother died in a in a car accident and yeah just like horrible, all the, horrible just things. popping up left and right yeah and it just felt like there was this time frame in my life where everything was defined by 
grief and loss. And I was there in the midst of it, having gone through it a year and a half earlier or whatever, yeah. able to help people. And that's kind of where my mentality always is, whether it's learning something about grief and being able to apply that and help other people through that process, or whether it's learning something about training for an inch warrior or, you know, any way, any time that I can go through an experience and take the lessons from that experience and help other people hopefully get through it a little bit easier or at least have a listening ear or a sounding board and know in advance what they need. I like, I kind of had this teacher's mentality in that sense. Right. And that carries over into the stories that I want to write and tell because if I can add all those lessons and use the way that all these experiences have shaped who I am and then have that come across on screen in such a way where they're thinking about their life differently, hopefully in a, in a better way or more critical, ultimately constructive way, that's what I want to be doing. And you emerged from all this pain and all this suffering. I mean, you must have shed so many tears. And I, and I really feel for you, Evan. It's, I mean, it's hard to even hear the amount of pain that you must have gone through. But you emerged through it as this extremely positive, happy person. And it seems like you've applied a special kind of perspective to your life. Is that true? I mean, is there a perspective that you gained from it? It It is true. It's the reality of and anyone who's lost a family or a friend to anything, you know, like grief, the grief is real. The grief like it lessens. There's there's healing that happens along the way. But there's at least in my case, there's always still that, that little bit of sadness there, you know, where something pops up and you uh, a memory, you know, of a time, you know, of a, a family vacation or something like that. And you haven't thought of it in a long time or like you whatever it is that triggers those memories like there's there's this sadness that kind of is always present i'm not saying i'm walking around all depressed and stuff because i'm obviously not like it's i i think the best way to handle any situation like life is hard right for it sure just, it just is and i think my parents my parents did a great job of letting me have a childhood where we grew up in the suburbs, uh, hopefully, <laughs> please don't let me lose sight of where I'm actually going with this. Of course. <laughs> I'm just trying to put some context on it. But like my parents, we grew up on a street where we had um, a bunch of guys my age kind of growing up together through grade school, middle school, and high school. And when we were younger, there was a, a wooded area down the street where we could actually go build tree forts. And go play cops and robbers and build ramps with our bikes. You know, like yeah. I had a legit childhood Yeah, where we were, you know, one kid gets um, like roller hockey gear and you see him out in the street and he's playing around with his roller hockey thing just because he wanted to try something. And next thing you know, everyone else on the street has it and the kids on the street over and on either side of us. And now we're playing full court like roller hockey, full rink roller hockey on the streets. You know, wow. and just having yeah. a good time. It was it was active and it was fun and it was absolutely insane. And my parents did a great job of providing for me and for my brother and my sister and giving us a childhood. And there's something about that that you don't, I, at least that I, similar to when I'm finally like 19 going on 20 years old and I'm having a conversation with my buddy, you know, at the cafeteria at Champaign, Illinois – and he's saying, what if your mom doesn't make it? The thought never crossed my mind. As I said before, I had grown so accustomed to believing that this was just a part of life and that she'll ultimately make it through. And I had this kind of little bubble of my childhood where I had this very optimistic view of the world and what I was going to expect and get out of it. 
And then once that gets broken down, you're like, oh, okay, so this is how life is. And that that moment happens in people's lives in different ways, right? Right, right. Maybe it's a, a breakup. Maybe it's, <laughs> who knows what it is. I'm going <laughs> to, you insert whatever that catalyst is. Sure. And now you realize and see the world for what's what's actually happening. Like it's, it's a bit of a, a broken place where there's the option for incredible, truly like immersive and positive experiences. And there's this, this element of chaos where I can't control the cancer. And like we try to better things and like you do whatever you can to, you know, make the world a better place and research why cancer happens in, happens in the first place and what treatment options are. And we try to rid it, get rid of it, but it's there. And it's this balance between people fighting for, for good causes and just things happening that are outside of your control. Yeah. You, a person has to decide what they want to contribute to. And this is me circling back to getting to the point. Yeah. Like you decide whether you can, whether daily, whether you're going to contribute to the positive themes and the order of the world or the chaos, whether that's on a personal level or your immediate family or your community, or if it's on a global scale, how are you contributing? In which way is this choice contributing to one or the other? And like I say that as though it's pretty black and white. And sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not, especially as you get older. I try to contribute to the positive components of life in, in every way possible. And for me, that's it's, it's through laughter. It's through optimism. It's through storytelling. It's through the active lifestyle and the ninja warrior opportunities that I've had and having a sense of humor about myself. Wow, Evan, that is beautiful. That is a really intense and powerful and beautiful thing that I think all our listeners can take to heart. And I just want to reiterate it because I'm taking it to heart. I agree with it 100%. You know, you have a daily choice to either contribute to the goodness in the world or the chaos in the world. Um, and you're right. It, it may not be as black and white at, at times, but oftentimes it is. And, and, you know, can you do a little something to make somebody's life better or more happy put a smile on their face can you say something nice over social media can you help somebody with the door can you tell the person you love i love you you know because you might not have them forever that's some powerful insight man and i, I thank you for that maybe we can uh, switch gears a little bit and that that sure. was some pretty heavy stuff we were talking about <laughs> it was it was but but it was it was very important stuff, and uh, and thank you for being so open and sharing that with us. Real quick, what do you do for health and nutrition and for exercise? And that's a, that's a big open-ended question, but go ahead and go. Just start with one of them. What do you do? Wow, that's a pretty heavy conversation. Evan, you're an incredible guy. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors and then do a little discussion, and we will regain next week when Evan starts talking about his nutrition and health. Welcome back. Wow, what a what a powerful in interview. I was a little bit moved listening to him talk. So much has happened in his life, and for him to be so positive still, it's like I was almost crying. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, he lost his mom to brain. Oh, my gosh. What, what a crazy thing to go through at such a young age. Yeah, knowing Evan... And I guess not knowing him that well, I would never have guessed that he suffered such a tragic loss in his life because he is so positive and upbeat. Like, I've only ever had fun and happy conversations with him. So it was very interesting to hear that he had suffered such loss in his life and it makes him a true inspiration for sure. 
He's so positive. He's always laughing. And Evan's one of the fun guys on the show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, he's period. He's one of the guys who can take his shirt off and have a good time, make fun of himself a little bit, make the ladies swoon, and then get the course done. You know, he's an incredible athlete. And we saw it on Team Ninja. He came back. He was on Brent's team, uh, the Alpha Warriors, Brent and Casey's team. And he's, he's nonstop, you know, proof that he can do it. He can look the part and play the part. Yeah, as being a super good-looking guy myself and being athletic, <laughs> I, I understand his pain. <laughs> you know, but getting back to the loss just of kidding, his... you're not unattractive or anything. Thank you, Megan. You're welcome. Megan just called me attractive. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good for you. Getting back to the loss of his mother, you know, I... Oh, man, what a horrible thing to go through, especially at a young age, Uh it, it happens to all of us. We all experience loss. We all have to grieve. And like he said, that sadness stays with you. And it, it wouldn't be real, I guess, if if it didn't happen. Uh, but, you know, he, it's not, and Megan, like you said, it's not something that slowed him down. He's still so upbeat and so happy and so positive. And so he used that experience, you know, I mean, it just must have been horrible to slowly lose his his mom. And I got. I have a lot of respect for for Evan. I think a lot of people would go into depression over that. Well, and like he said too, not only did he lose his mom, but then he lost his aunt after that. So oh, like yeah. he suffered quite a bit of loss. That's like I can't even imagine. It is great to see how you could just be positive in life, even if it throws you some curveballs. Just to stay positive, and I think it makes you a happier person. And I think Evan is a great example of that. Yeah, he's channeled all of that experience and all of that that's happened to him into being this creative person where he can, you know, do screenplays and and get up and talk in front of people and really help people out and use those those things to empower himself, not to tear himself down. Let's get deep here, guys. So, do you guys find that a lot of the ninjas, kind of a lot of these guys think alike and a lot of us like we, we enjoy life, and we don't get sucked into the daily grind. We make time for ourselves. Do you feel like uh, you're seeing that, like with Evan and some of the other ninjas, and maybe that's what makes us ninjas? That's interesting, yeah. <clears throat> is, is there something about just trying to excel and being dedicated to self-improvement? Is, is that like a common theme to, to ninjas, to successful people? Uh, is it something that runs consistently through the ninja world? And I think, I think the answer is yes. I mean, everybody's trying to improve themselves and, and better. Them. You know, you don't see like people who are, you know, hard on their luck or, you know, depressed or have a real negative, come from a real negative place. You don't see those people mostly being on, on, on the show. Yeah, I think... American Ninja Warrior is really a group of extremely positive people who have overcome so many obstacles in life and are just looking to overcome a physical obstacle on the show while having a good time. Are which we, is why people love it and why it's inspirational. Or are we just all selfish and put ourselves first? We're all a little selfish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would be unrealistic to say that ninjas, people in general, if you know, it's not like everybody's an altruist. Yeah, and I think, you know, for some people, though, like, it is the time to be selfish. I mean, for me, like, well, I don't have anybody that I 
need to be taken care of. So like I can be selfish, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I think to be at a certain level too, you have to have a mindset and make certain priorities. It's a tricky line too, because when most people hear the word selfish, it, they have a negative association with it. They have a kind of a, a negative thought about it. But really, you know, to be a little bit selfish at some times makes sense to to put your energy into improving yourself. And, you know, I think that out of selfishness can come a lot of selfless things. Like, for example, the wolf pack. We really want to make an impact on the health of kids all around this country and all around the world. And that's that's more of a selfless thing. We, we, we want to make we want to see that happen. And sure, we've put in all this time into improving ourselves and trying to get as far as we can on this course, but we want something good to come out of it, something more selfless. Yeah, without that dedication to building our, our personal brand and the Wolfpack brand and anyone else who's building awareness, I mean, if nobody knows about you, then how can you make an impact in anyone's life, big and, or small? Yeah, and Evan ha had to talk about that. You know, he was like, look, I want to make a positive change through touching people, through in inspiring people and touching their lives through my acting and through my ability to get out there and kind of make light of the situation and make everyone, under, you know, realize that, you know, life is short. Enjoy it. It really is short. And, and so that's kind of all the reason in the world to go out and live out your dreams. And that's what American Ninja Warrior shows people. We need to get some races. We need to do his uh, little YouTube channel. The Ninja Quickie. Yeah. So cool. Oh, man. I'd love to race Ian. Or... Oh, yeah. I <laughs> talked to him about that you, in yeah, Vegas, yeah. and I kind of never followed up on it. That would be fun. We should do that. Ninja Quickie. Yeah. Let's do it, Evan. Well, it's cool. He did the Ninja Quickie, and he's had a bunch of episodes. He's got tons of views, and it's kind of like a Team Ninja Warrior, uh, but it's, you know, mano y mano, or womano y womano. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, <clears throat> you know, it's these cool, quick little races between all the top ninjas. Yeah, I mean, he's raced a ton of the, he's had a ton of really cool races. I don't, I don't know how many you guys have seen, but we have a, a bunch of them in the show notes along with the links. And you should definitely check them out. Yeah, for everyone listening, if you've seen the show and or you've seen Ninja Quickie, if you want to do something fun and get out and be active, it's a perfect way. Just grab a friend, set up a small little course, and race each other. Boom, there's a half hour of training right there, and it was fun. Yeah, me and Ian actually do that when we go to Apex Movement. We'll set up a course, and then we'll time each other through it and see who can who can get the fastest or if Ian can come close to my time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love the smack talk. Well, no, but seriously, Evan was awesome. Next week's going to be just as cool. He's a, he's a great guy with a great mind. Anyways, we'll get into his next episode next week. And for now, let's do some tips. The mental aspect is always really important when it comes to competitions and that's something that I work on all the time. I think this past year at my nationals for bouldering was the very first time where I actually felt kind of calm when I was competing. Normally I get all freaked out and frazzled and it was really nice to you know just go out there and let my body do what it knows how to do and have fun and that's funny because I tell the kids that I coach that all the time and I finally just took some of my own advice and it ended up working out great because I made it to finals I'm on the U.S. team now so I think the mental really is important to have a good 
hold on how you're feeling mentally and like be able to stay calm and relaxed so that your body can do what it knows how to do. All right, guys. So this week I wanted to talk about slacklining. I know a lot of you guys have started slacklining. And for those of you who don't know what it is, it's also known as tightrope walking. You're taking a a piece of uh, webbing and you're putting it between two points, usually two trees. You tighten it down and you can walk across it. It's a really great exercise for balance, for building your core, and just giving you that body awareness and coordination that is important for, for, for being a ninja. There's a few companies out there that make slack lines. I really recommend going to the, the Voodoo website. Voodoo makes a great, a great product. Um, they actually sponsor me. And I, I, I'd get on there and check out their lines and make good, good quality lines. Even if you don't use them and you use someone else, I recommend you guys start doing it if you haven't already. Um, since I started doing it, my coordination is phenomenal. I used to feel like it was a weakness of mine. My lower body coordination, just my balance, now it's a huge strength. And I attribute a lot of that success to slacklining. You can get a slack line anywhere from usually, I think, around 80 bucks to 100 and something, depending on the length. It usually depends on the, the style line you get. But, you know, just start off on the basics, trying to walk it. And from there, you can move on to jumping around and even even doing some flips. Today's Ninja Doc Health Tip is definitely dedicated to our friend Evan Dollard. You know, Evan was, he told us a story, and you'll hear it next week, about how he was kind of stuck in Chicago at a job he didn't like, and he picked himself up and he went out to L.A. and started following his dreams. Now, whether it's following your dreams or starting a workout regimen or just trying to get better grades, if you want to get better, you got to start. And starting is the hardest thing because it really takes a lot of commitment. And a lot of times, the first couple steps are the very hardest steps. And, you know, there's a thousand different uh, axioms and parables about how the greatest journeys just start with the single step. We just start with a couple steps. And how do you climb a mountain one step at a time? If you want to get in better shape, you got to just start trying. The easiest way that you're going to have is to enjoy what you're doing. The first couple workouts, the first couple study sessions working towards tests, or if you're making a new business, the first just getting your team together. All those things are really difficult to just start out. you got this mountain of work in front of you to reach your goal. But the goals are always reachable, and you just have to start. So my advice would be if you just want to start today – Go ahead and if you you might not have an exercise bike, but if you can, go to the gym, get on an exercise bike, maybe bring your iPad and bring some headphones and just turn on a Netflix show. Like I just watched the whole season of Breaking Bad on my exercise bike and I had great workouts. Every workout was, you know, 40 minutes and as the show gets more intense, you find you're biking a lot harder. But And that's really kind of the only time I have for TV But suffice it to say, you know, that's a real good, easy way to start your workouts. Go ahead and start. Get started on your dreams. Get started on your goals. It's never too late and it's never too early. The time is now. Having long-term goals is important, but having short-term goals are even more important. 
set a realistic short-term goal like adding pounds to your bench press or climbing a harder boulder problem in a given time period, say two months. This is a good way to keep things in perspective and ensure that you don't quit. Once you have achieved that goal, set another until you finally reach your long-term goal. Once you realize that health and fitness cannot be rushed, your training will be more enjoyable and the gains will increase exponentially. Even if you do not achieve your goal in the allotted time period, do not get discouraged. Just keep training. Great advice, Ian. Great advice, Wolves. Uh, Evan, it was a pleasure having you on the show. Can't wait till your show next week. Everybody tune in. Please spread the word. And we're trying to get as many ears as possible to hear the beautiful things that Evan Dollard had to say. Anyways, last week they filmed Season 8, Ninja Warrior, in Las Vegas Finals at Mount Midoriyama. It is in the bag. And guess what happened? You are not going to believe what happened. There is some really crazy days of reckoning ahead. You're going to see it all play out on NBC on American Ninja Warrior later on this summer. Unbelievable. Unbelievable stuff. I'm the Ninja Doc, Noah Kaufman. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and talking with Evan and the rest of the Wolves. And we will see you next week on the Wolfpack Ninja Podcast. Thanks so much for joining the Wolfpack Ninja Podcast. If you liked it, please tell a friend. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. It would mean a lot. Remember to visit our website at www.wolfpackninjas.com and join us on social media. We are on Facebook and Twitter at Wolfpack Ninja and on Instagram at Wolfpack Ninja Warrior. Join us next time for another exciting episode with your favorite ninjas and informative health tips. get to that interview before Brian gets too much of a man crush. I'll <laughs> 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 have to cut that out. <laughs> no way. I'll try to do some heavy breathing. Uh, Bri, I think I'm starting to notice a pattern here. It's kind of weird, dude. Kind of weird. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.